This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I will say this about investing. Everything you do learn is cumulative. What I learned at 20 is useful. Welcome to another episode of Equity Mates, a podcast that follows our journey of investing. Whether you're an absolute beginner or approaching Warren Buffett status, our aim is to help break down your barriers from beginning to dividend. My name is Bryce, and as always, I'm joined by my equity buddy, Ren. How are you going? I'm very good, Bryce. Great to be back uh, with you for another Monday episode. Yes. I'm very excited to talk uh, a variety of things. Yes, we had a, a big week last week of uh, renewable conversation. Mary Manning did a deep dive on the solar industry. So we're back today with uh, conversations around SPAC City. We're going to have a look at what's going on in venture capital and then, Ren, you're going to pitch the Berkshire Hathaway of software. Yeah. Wow. I know. That's big. It's a big call. <laughs> it is a big call, but very much looking forward to that. So big episode of EM Chat today. Before we get stuck in, though, a bit of housekeeping. Uh, journalist. Yeah, we are on the hunt for another team member to join the Equity Mates uh, family here. Yeah. We've got a show that we uh, want to create uh, in-house uh, and to do that we're looking for one of Australia's best journalists or financial writers. So if that's you or if that's someone you know or if that's someone you could be, uh, yes. hit us up, careers at equitymates.com. Passion, Passion for is markets more, is more important than experience, and the ability experience to experience also helps. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, hit us up. It's uh, we're pretty excited about this show. It's been on our pipeline for a while, and we've never quite had the ability to execute on it. But we think now's the right time. So come join us if you're intrigued. It is a full time role. We're looking for people who are passionate about markets and can write really, really well. Yeah, that's it. That's careers it. at equitymates.com. Uh, any other housekeeping, Ren? Yeah, I want to give Dylan uh, from Broken Hill a shout out. My sister just moved to Broken Hill and uh, moved in with someone who was an Equity Mates fan. So uh, <laughs> I said I'd give him a shout out. So Dylan, uh, thanks for listening and uh, thanks for making my sister feel welcome in Broken Hill. Nice. Well, yeah, and shout out to the random guy we bumped into at Rushcutters Park two weeks ago as well. <laughs> Bryce has a diary where he keeps uh, every interaction with someone who recognises him. So uh, we can't quite afford the dollar offer that Hamish and Andy do. No, we don't, no. don't have that kind of cash on we'll the balance sheet. Uh, but Bryce will record you in his journal. <laughs> and shout out as well to all of the other shows in the Equity Mates media network. If you have just joined this podcast for the very first time, welcome. Uh, this is our flagship show, uh, but we do have plenty of other shows in the network that really help you uh, depending on which stage of the journey you are at. So we've got Get Started Investing, another show hosted by Alec and I, which covers all the fundamentals of investing, really goes back to basics. Um, so head over there if you're still feeling a little overwhelmed. You're in Good Company is hosted by Maddie and Sophie down in Melbourne, and they are also tracking their investing journey, trying to improve the conversation amongst women 
and encourage their friends uh, and everyone else in the community to get started investing. Uh, we also have Comedian V Economist, the two two boys uh, chatting all things macro and talk money to me, Candice and Felicity. Two financial advisors at Shaw & Partners helping you understand more about personal finance. And of course, Meet, Pay, Love, uh, Carmel and Zoe breaking down the conversations you should be having uh, with money and your partner. Mm. So a lot going on in the Equity Mates Network and a new show on the horizon. Yeah, that's six shows, but we're not done yet. Uh, seventh show is Crypto Curious uh, w- in partnership with the team over at Bamboo, uh, the micro-investing app uh, to help you get started in Bitcoin and Ethereum. Uh, they're going to be breaking down the world of cryptocurrencies, NFTs, Bitcoin, and really focused on helping those that may be curious about cryptocurrency, uh, really understand it and understand, you know, what's going on in the news, what what these digital assets are and, and what they might be in the future. So first three episodes launch on the 8th of November, so next week, uh, but the feed is up. Search it wherever you get your podcasts, subscribe, listen to the trailer, give it a review, get ready. Number seven launches in a week. Yeah, it's going to be big. So head to equitymates.com to find out more information on all of those shows. So, uh, SPAC City, it's uh, a couple of big SPAC deals in the last couple of weeks, Ren, one with uh, WeWork and one with Trump. So we're going to go through both of them in a little bit of detail because it's pretty fascinating what's happening over uh, in SPAC land, SPAC SPAC City. So for those who are unfamiliar, SPAC's special purpose acquisition companies, they are basically a blank check. They go raise a bunch of money from investors uh, with basically then a time period to then go and acquire a company. Um, so investors give them money and say, go buy something good with it, uh, rather than the traditional IPO where investors know what they're putting their money in. Uh, so WeWork uh, merged with X Acquisition Corp uh, and then Trump's new media business merged with Digital World Acquisition Corp. Let's go through each of them because they're both pretty interesting. WeWork... We're actually sitting in a WeWork recording this, so we better be careful about what we say. Yes. Um, WeWork, for those who are unfamiliar, shared office business, 750 locations worldwide across 150 cities in 38 countries. We're recording in Sydney, and I think at last count they have like 14 WeWorks in Sydney. Don't know about that many, but yeah, it's it's It's, double digits. It's in the teens, yeah. 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 Uh, Two years ago, they tried to go public. At a $47 billion valuation, what happened? It failed in a big way. <laughs> <laughs> As they were doing their road show, um, yeah, it, it went from one of potentially one of the biggest uh, IPOs in history to an absolute flop. Uh, it didn't even get off the ground. Adam Newman, the CEO, was kicked out and SoftBank t- sort of took took charge and started stripping costs out and it's been bubbling away ever since. Went for a $47 billion IPO they eventually realised there were a whole bunch of problems with the business. The CEO was cleared out. The SEC investigated. The New York Attorney General investigated. Uh, WeWork went through seven ra- several rounds of layoffs, uh, eventually slashed two-thirds of their head headcount, mm. exited or renegotiated hundreds of leases on buildings. Then COVID-19 hit, which obviously decimated the office business. But they've got through it. This merger is a $9 billion merger. So from $47 billion to $9 billion, not great. Not great. But, you know, a few years ago they were probably at zero. They'd be Um, taking anything at this point. Yeah. (laughs) Now uh, 
they're still losing money. In the first half of 2021, WeWork recorded a net loss of nearly $3 billion. The office business is a tough one, I guess, well, for obvious reasons with COVID and stuff like that. But they got the IPO done. Good on them. One company that may be a little bit disappointed, SoftBank. Yeah. Invested $18.5 billion in WeWork. And now the whole company is only worth nine. So there's a bit of a, a long way to run for WeWork for SoftBank to at least make their money back. That's for sure. We're starting to see it turn here in Sydney anyway, in the office that we're in. Certainly a few more people coming back. So you never know. It could, yeah. uh, it, the fortunes could be turning for WeWork. It's certainly not the glory days that it was. I, I read that Newman, though, he still holds stock and the stock that it's, uh, he has are now worth a couple of billion or a billion at least. So... He'll be cheering. They say invest in what you know. Are no. you investing? No. Yeah, neither. No, sorry. Sorry, WeWork. I'll keep, <laughs> I'll keep, <laughs> I'll keep my eye on it. And uh, yeah, but for me personally, just think there's too many spaces here in Sydney. So yeah, for yeah. me, I just don't, I don't see the benefit of scale here. Like some businesses you can see the benefit of scale, but in every local market, WeWork is competing with local competitors. And, you know, here in Sydney, there's... Um, Spaces, which is like a big Sydney-based shared office competitor. Then you go down to Melbourne and there's another one, the Commons, and they've got a number of spaces. And like in every city we work operate, they've got these local competitors that are basically competing to offer a commodity product, walls, chair and a desk. And you can have all the free beers on taps and coffees that you like, but at the end of the day- Well, the, you can't because they shut the taps. Yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> but at the end of the day, like the decision makers- at the company are really just going to be driven by price. Like the people that enjoy the perks and the people that are making the decisions about where they go are generally not the same people. And so for me, it's just like, and unless there's one use case where that scale makes a difference, which is if they're trying to sell office space around the world to multinationals, you know, yeah. like they go yeah, to yeah, Microsoft yeah. and they're like, don't worry about getting office space in every city. Just do a global contract with us and we'll house your people in every city. That's the one use case where I can see scale is a benefit. Which they definitely do Which do. Which they do, yeah. yeah. But for most businesses who aren't multinational, mm. I don't see why having 750 buildings, the unit economics of each building don't get a lot better. There's sure some things you might get some economies of scale like procuring the beers yeah, and procuring yeah. the coffee. Or, you know, maybe they get a better deal on chairs than like a local yeah. competitor. But, yeah, you know you know where I'm going with this. I don't, I don't see the scale benefit. So for me, I'll use the space, but I won't invest in it. No. So, Ren, uh, let's move on. Trump loves being in the news and Trump announced a merger with Digital World Acquisition Corp. The ticker is DWAC over on the NASDAQ and it has been booming uh, up as much as 1,657% since the deal was announced. So what's going on? Yeah. Trump loves being in the news so much uh, that he's making a news business. Yes. <laughs> um, so Trump has said for a while he's going to create his own social media. Yeah. This is his second attempt because his first was that blog that he published a little while and ago. Do you remember that? Yeah, <laughs> I did. But wasn't there also rumours before he – the reason that he ran for politics was to try and pump up his TV station? Yeah, he wanted to create like a far-right news network yeah. or like a conservative – yeah, yeah. That, so, that was the story in 2016. Yeah. But now he's doing it. It's called Trump Media and Technology Group and on the basis of a 22-slide deck, Trump has created about $3 billion worth of value – 
which is pretty crazy when you think about it. So, so just to recap that, it, it doesn't exist. No. Yeah. No, it doesn't exist. It's, it's a, a merger with an idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, <laughs> the SPACs, their share prices are $10. That's like where they start and they trade around that $10 mark until they announce an acquisition. Yeah. The SPAC that acquired this idea from Trump closed uh, last Wednesday or when this is released, the Wednesday before at $9.96. So around that $10 mark. The deal was announced by Friday, the share price peaked at $175. So Trump's uh, name, I guess, and the idea uh, rocketed that that SPAC's share price up. It's come off a fair bit, but it's still up, you know, I think like five times uh, from where it was before the deal was announced. Trump has become the, well, this has become the number one meme stock on Wall Street Bets. No surprises uh, more, there. More mentions than GameStop at the moment or AMC or any of those other companies. So, but anyway, let's talk about what the business is because it's pretty funny. And if you flick through the 22 slide deck, it's pretty funny as well because about a third of it just talks about how many Twitter followers Trump has. Classic. Classic. <laughs> well, That's well, what he cares about. Had. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, true, true. So uh, Trump Media and Technology Group, slide two of the deck talks about their vision and I just want to read it out to you because he hasn't let bygones be bygones. And I quote, TMTG aspires to create a media powerhouse to rival the liberal media consortium and fight back against the big tech companies of Silicon Valley who have used their unilateral power to silence opposing voices in America. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. How's he going to do it though? Yeah, so th- three three arms for the business. Truth Social, uh, which in the deck says it's going to be taking on Twitter and Facebook. And then TMTG Plus, uh, which will be taking on Disney and Netflix. And then TMTG News, which he says will be taking on CNN and iHeartRadio. Then he mentions longer term, they will build TMTG Tech Stack, which will take on Amazon Web Services, right. Microsoft Azure, Google Cloud, and Stripe. Yeah, good luck. So <laughs> I think combined, I haven't done the so math, but combined those 10 companies they've listed that they're taking on are probably worth about $3 trillion. Yeah, well, they're probably like, they're literally the top 10 biggest tech com- some of the top 10 biggest tech companies in the world. Mm. Nice Trump. Love the ambition. Doubt it's going to get off the ground. Well, it could get off the ground. Whether or not it's as, as successful as uh, they think it is going to be, that's the next question. There's just so <laughs> there's so many ironies in this. And Thomas and Adam over at Comedian V Economist uh, did a good segment on this. So uh, if you want to hear more about Trump's media business, go check that out. But two things stand out for me. Firstly, Trump uh, in his deck said that they were building a non-cancelable global community obviously because Trump feels like he's been cancelled. Then a whole bunch of people signed up to Truth Social under the name Donald Trump and they were removed, they were (laughs) cancelled. But the funnier one for me is that in the terms and conditions of Truth Social, there's something about using excess capital letters is like a violation of the terms and conditions. Doesn't Trump all only use capital letters? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so Thomas and Adam put up something on Instagram uh, comparing the pair, but it's just, it's a mess from the start. Mess from the start, but it's worth $3 billion. So here's a question that I've asked you before, but I want to ask you on the podcast. Two SPAC mergers, WeWork, $9 billion market cap, losing $3 billion a year. Oh, sorry, $3 billion a half, so annualise that, $6 billion a year. Or Trump's $3 billion idea that isn't losing any money. Which would you rather invest in? 
<laughs> yet. Oh, well, I mean, um, you probably have more chance at the moment of making something from the Trump just given the meme nature of it. There we go. Bryce Lesky <laughs> once again supporting Donald Trump. Everyone no, 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 no. But, yeah, uh, look, two fascinating SPACs coming out of SPAC City. I'm sure the trend will continue and we'll see more and more interesting stuff come out of SPAC land. All right, Ren, well, uh, we did promise everyone at the start of the show that there's going to be a bit of a stock pitch for the Berkshire Hathaway of software. So uh, let's jump into that after this quick ad break. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Okay, so it is uh, watch list time. Just a reminder that if you want to follow along with any of the, the stocks that we talk about on the watch list or any of the stocks that our experts talk about or any of our other show hosts talk about, head to our, our website, brand new website, and there's a, a beautiful page with all of the watch stocks in, in watch list form. So go and check that out and you can listen to the episodes that they're attached to as well. But Ren, you did promise us at the start uh, a stock pitch. Uh, so... It's Constellation Software. It is. It is. Sometimes called the Berkshire Hathaway of software. I want to state from the outset that this obviously is not buy, hold or sell advice. Uh, Don't take financial advice from a podcast, but also that it trades at a PE of 100. Okay. And so it's expensive. And so even if it was a stock pitch, it would be a watch this space and become make sure you're comfortable with valuation or wait until valuation comes in a little bit. Okay. But I want to talk about this company because I reckon it's one of the coolest companies out. It flies under a lot of people's radar. I asked you before we started recording if you've heard of it and you hadn't. And so I think a lot of people in the equity mates community probably haven't and it's worth knowing about. But I also want to bring it up because this is a new campaign that I'm starting. Yeah. It's called Give Me Canada. Okay. (laughs) And essentially none of the brokers that I use, and I'm going to name check them all, Comsec, IG, Stake, Superhero, none of them have access, give me access to Canada. All of them give me access to America. It's like it's just over the border. Just. It's the same landmass, just added on. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm surprised IG doesn't. Same. And, and this company is also listed over the counter in the States uh, and none of them have have it listed, which is fair. But there's a lot of great opportunity in Canada and so I'd love to see someone pick up the mantle and get, get us Canada. I'm sure none of them appreciate us calling them out, but hey. If we've got a platform, we've got to use it. Sure. This is just one of the many companies in Canada that I think are pretty cool, worth paying attention to. 
let me give you the founding story. Let me take you back to the 90s. Mark Leonard uh, was a venture capitalist. He was investing in software businesses and one of the key reasons that software businesses weren't getting investments was because of a small total addressable market. We think of software businesses, we think of Alassian, we think of Microsoft, we think of these companies that can basically address key markets across the world, you know, software developers and or like businesses or, you know, like something where there's a, you know, hundreds of millions or billions of potential users. But there's all of this soft, these software businesses that are niche, that are small, that don't have big total addressable markets. And so when venture capitalists look at them and do the maths and ask, can we get a 10x or 100x return? The answer is no. So then they're not investable from traditional venture capital, but they're great businesses. They create a whole bunch of cash. And so Mark Leonard, I think he started by raising 25 million Canadian dollars and said, let's roll them up. Roll it up. So the focus was vertical market software is the term of art here, but it basically is companies that create software for a particular industry or market as opposed to creating software usable for a wide variety of markets. So these are these really niche small operators but the important thing here is that they're mission critical businesses. So they're things that industries rely on. They're software platforms that industries rely on. When businesses rely on you, you've got stable earnings that you can grow over time, um, but you may never get to that sort of multi-billion dollar um, venture capital exit size. So um, Constellation has acquired over 500 businesses and I think that number's out of date. I think it's a lot higher. The majority of the acquisitions are relatively small, less than sort of 5 million, uh, although they've scaled up. I think the highest was about 360 million. There was another for about 250 million, but a lot of them are very small. So I've got a few examples of the businesses to give you an idea of what we're talking about when we say these sort of mission critical vertical market software businesses. So I'll, ri- I'll rip through a few to give you a taste. Sure. Um, Envisionware is a provider of technology solutions for public libraries. Nice. They have a rich history of providing self-service and efficiency solutions that enhance library services and empower patrons. Library software. Small TAM. Small TAM. <laughs> uh, Sphere WMS is a leading cloud-based warehouse management system for third-party logistics, distributors, fulfillment, e-commerce and retail warehouses. Okay. I mean, warehouses, not small business. Yeah, seems but still, larger than libraries. But still, not uh, not a global... Oh, you pretty know global. What? It's pretty global. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, what about this one? Incom SAS is a French provider of business software solutions for water and energy distributors. Okay. Plenty of them around. Plenty of them around, but again, niche. Niche. Like, don't get me wrong. These can still be Massive. big yeah, businesses. Yeah, yeah. They're just niche. What about this one? Uh, Asset Intertech is a leading provider of solutions to validate, characterize, test, and debug chips and circuit boards. Niche. Niche. Sick. Next one, this is a bit more consumer-facing. What Salon, an Irish app that connects consumers in real time with beauty salons and hairdressers? That's interesting. Yeah? Isn't that just a phone call? Oh, come on, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Are you a phone call operator when it comes to, like, booking appointments still? Uh, yeah, I called a restaurant two days ago. Oh, really? Yeah. You know they've got, like, websites for that now? It said call. Uh, okay. Yeah. 
Well, it I, must be the uh, and I did and the it, fancy and restaurants that you're going to. It was a pretty fancy one, yeah. And, must be nice. <laughs> and they're not <laughs> and they're not open because there's not enough staff. Really? Yeah, because of COVID, no one's coming back to work. Well, there's there's a sh- labor shortage there you in, go. in hospitality. Anyway, they need uh they need an app to connect me with them. <laughs> All right. So some other uh, software platforms, uh, Common Sense, uh, a leading provider of room service automation, CGG, a geo software platform for geologists to, uh, and I quote, unleash the full power of cloud computing. So there's a bunch more like this, uh, you know, Infinity Enterprise Lending uh, provides category leading loan management to alternative credit lenders. Yeah, a, bu- a bunch of other, a bunch of other ones. But I think you, I think you get the mm. concept, which is these sort of niche software businesses that I think the business, I think Constellation's minimum, uh, like sort of threshold is a million dollars in earnings uh, annually, and that the ability to grow that, good management team, all that stuff, and then they take a pretty decentralized approach to it. So they they acquire these businesses, and then they say, run your business. And I think sometimes they even buy, they will buy businesses that compete with each other. And it's that Berkshire Hathaway fully decentralized idea of we'll give you help if you need it, but otherwise you do you, you do you. So that's, that's the business model. That's why they're called the Berkshire Hathaway of software because it's a, it's a software roll up and roll ups uh, have a bit of a fraught history when it comes to the share market. Some, there have been some roll ups that have been incredibly successful and others that have not been successful at all. And they've sort of grown by acquisition and then the market's realised it's this Frankenstein of businesses that don't really work together. In this case, it seems to have worked. Here's some of the numbers. So the company listed in 2006. Since then, the share price is up 11,381%. Wow. On an annualised basis, compound annual growth rate of 36%. Wow. Yeah, for since 2006. Wow. So for 15 years. 38 billion US dollar market cap okay. today. Pretty Not big. Bad. Yeah. Pretty big. Some of the numbers, so 3.9 billion, uh, these are all US dollars, 3.9 billion in revenue uh, and the five-year compound growth rate of 17% and then 436 million in profit and the five-year uh, compound growth rate of 20%. I can understand why you want to get access to it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where to from here, though? It feels like is there a, is the is the strategy just to keep on bolting things on? Yeah, yeah. Keep I think, buying. So, I was listening to someone, and I don't know if this is true. Apparently, Mark Leonard used to write quarterly letters, and then his board told him to stop because his competitors were just stealing all of his IP. No way. Yeah. <laughs> wow. But apparently, he used to just say, "There's no upper limit here." Like there will constantly be more software businesses. I think there's something like 100,000 software businesses in the world or, uh, you know, like the number is just outrageous. Um, they bought 100 businesses in 2019. Alone? Yeah. Yeah. Just bang. The idea is that they will keep growing. The market definitely expects them to keep growing with pricing it at 100 PE. Well, yeah, I only imagine that there's going to be more and more of these co- these niche companies evolve as tech improves and like it's not it's certainly not a dying industry yeah and i think the key thing is like a lot of the things that have enabled these businesses are only continuing you know back in the day a lot of these niche businesses wouldn't have been able to get 
up because they would have had to run their own servers and, you know, like build their own, um, you know, backend databases, like all that stuff, all that like really technical stuff that made building technology companies difficult. Mm. But now that's all been, I guess, automated or, you know, put on the cloud. And so people who want to build a library software platform business can just focus on solving the, the needs of the library operators and not worrying about like building a you know proper tech stack and all of that stuff and I think that has just enabled so many more niche businesses and it's brought costs down to enable so many more of these niche businesses to be profitable yeah so I think it's only going to head in one direction in terms of more niche businesses the key question is can Constellation be the one to acquire the good ones because more and more companies have realized the play here. Yeah. And so we've seen a number of competitors emerge that do exactly the same thing, roll up niche software businesses. We've also seen traditional private equity and hedge funds uh, move into this space a little bit. But also we've seen a new breed of private equity called micro PE that, again, try and do something similar. They use that private equity playbook of, you know, leverage buyouts and turnarounds and all of that stuff for private companies, but they do it at a much smaller level and they do it with much smaller companies. And so there's more and more competition for deals and you know what happens when there's competition for deals, the price of the deal goes up and then the question is, is the deal still a good deal if it's you're paying double what you expected yeah. to or whatever? But yeah, for me, I just think this is a cool company. I think this is like an example of uh, someone who for... 15 years since listing has just been doing killing it doing it um and has created so much value and so many people don't know about it unbelievable well i can understand why you want to get access to it ren so shout out to any of the brokers here in australia who don't have canada on the platform get it on purely just because of this company well Um, yeah not purely because of this company (laughs) why not maybe we'll just keep talking about great canadian companies until see what happens yeah uh, well, it's uh, yeah, pretty amazing company. Uh, massive expectations from the market on 100 PE, but maybe it will one day get there. Bit come into that value. Who knows? Nice. So we'll put that up on online, and we'll link this episode to it. And a reminder that if you want to check check out any of the other stock pitches that we've done here, uh, or that our community members have done, or that any of our experts have done, head to our website equitymates.com. Uh, and you can and you can listen to them and have a look at the past performance of them as well, whether or not we've actually done all right. But a <laughs> reminder, this is not a buy, hold yeah, or sell yeah, recommendation. Yeah, I think that's critical. Yeah. <laughs> well, Ren, that does bring us to the end of our episode today. Uh, plenty more content coming this week. Uh, on Thursday, we are sitting down with the first of our guests to talk through the Sown Hearts and Minds conference that's coming up. Don't want to reveal who it is because we've got some exciting guests, but stay tuned for that on Thursday. A bonus episode coming out later in the week and then uh, a big week of ASX Investor Day next week. So plenty happening at Equitymates Media. We'll pick it up on Thursday, Ren. Nice. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of Equitymates. We love hearing from you. So drop us a line at contact at equitymates.com or even better, go to your podcast player and leave a five-star review. Also, a reminder that the Equitymates content train doesn't stop when you've run out of episodes to binge. We've got a brand new website, a Facebook discussion group. We're on Instagram, YouTube, and slowly making our way as an influencer on TikTok. Well, that's Ren. So uh, come and say hello and join the community. We'd love to welcome you. Until next time. 
Equity Mates Investing Podcast is a product of Equity Mates Media. All information in this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only. Equity Mates gives listeners access to information and educational content provided by a range of financial service professionals. It is not intended as a substitute for professional finance, legal, or tax advice. The hosts of Equity Mates Investing Podcast are not financial professionals and are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. Equity Meets Media does not operate under an Australian financial services license and relies on the exemption available under the Corporations Act 2001 in respect of any information or advice given. Before making any financial decisions, you should read the product disclosure statement and, if necessary, consult a licensed financial professional. Do not take financial advice from a podcast or video. For more information, head to the disclaimer page on the Equity Mates website where you can find ASIC resources and find a registered financial professional near you. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equity Mates Media and the hosts of Equity Mates Investing Podcast acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people today.